After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, they tell you what they know, deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, the podcast that you know. Test, test, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, test, 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 one, two, one, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, two, three, four, five, six, go. Sasha, 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 Sasha. Vazzy, 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 Vazzy. Sasha has arrived in Sacramento. Morgan, we've been waiting for this press conference for a while. Now, almost a month away from training camp starting, Sasha Vazenkov had his press conference today in Sacramento alongside Kings General Manager Monty McNair. I know I'm easily swayed, Morgan. You oh know me. Oh my god, don't don't. Please. I'm the emotional being of this show. You gotta ride the Deuce Mason wave sometimes. So unprofessional. I'm sitting there. These waves. And Deuce Mason just has a little smirk on his face going. Ew. Man. Uh, the whole time you just because you know why I tried not having a smirk on my face? Because I know everyone staring at him is just like no, you know no, no. they're all being like, "Oh my god, like look at me, like you're gonna love me." You're gonna I, love I didn't me. see what type of smirk, by the oh, way. Oh, what was your smirk? Mine was like a. <laughs> oh wait, does that look kind of intimidating? It was kind of yeah, like a uh, a wrestler's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like we're here like, to mess some shit. Okay, up. okay. Obviously, we've talked about this during Monty McNair's tenure and trying to build this team. He's definitely got a type and. 
I don't know that we learned anything really new from Sasha today. A couple of things that did jump out to me what? was just him talking about how he was like scouting the team. He was watching some of their games. He was paying attention, which to be honest, makes some sense. If I was thinking about making a big move to not only like join a new league, but <laughs> move halfway around the world to a new city, I only watching the games and be like, do I actually fit here? Do you think I can actually like it? What other line of work could you go? Hey, I get to watch how everything works hmm. and see how I fit in this. There's not many things you could do that besides sports, right? I'm Imagine if you had that opportunity in previous jobs where you're like, hey, before you cool. accept a job, you could turn the turn uh, your TV on, watch on a tablet, and see the inner workings and how things operate. Oh, it might it would make your decision easier. You're it like, would okay. make your decision a lot, even though. From that angle, you're still not seeing the sure. the inside inside of things, but you're seeing the performance, the the creative side of things, and and what it is that you're trying to accomplish with this new job, and what was being accomplished that Sasha was watching was winning basketball. Not only winning basketball, a lot of team basketball, and that's a lot of how like the Euro League likes to play basketball, and um, I think it's going to translate just fine for him. He said. I did my scouting before I came here. Great players and the coach of the year for me. The best part is that the core is the same of the team. So I just have to adjust fast to be the best version of myself. He kept saying he's a team guy. Of course, he said all the right things. But sound like a guy that's really excited about the opportunity. And the fact that the Kings were sending people from the organization over as early as November of last year made an impression on him. And Monty McNair talked about that saying, we wanted to get there to express to him what we're about. It was our chance. And we knew we had a big decision to make, so we're going to go there. We're going to talk to him. He's going to get to know us. And hopefully that leads to him making the decision we want, and that's him coming to Sacramento, and they ultimately did that. That was really smart, by the way. And when I say that, it's like, yeah, well, no shit. But I I think the timeline and the amount of time that they spent massaging that relationship and uh, just making sure that... It was more than a transaction. It was going yeah, to be yeah. more than, hey, we got your rights in this trade. And here's all the money we ago. can give you. Yeah. Are you coming or not? Y- yeah. Yes. It was so much more than that. Um, and I think I just from someone from the outside, I appreciate that. I appreciate an organization that's willing to be patient and take the time and um, feel the importance with it. But also, I just, I, I really like that. It was it was done this way. And um, I I I think the other thing, too, is. Yeah, you got to see the product on the floor and see that it was winning basketball. Sure. But isn't it nice to like people that you're going to work with? Yeah. And that goes to, you know, obviously the time that Mike Brown was there or Monty McNair or the rest of the crew. It's yeah, it's great. They all got to share their same love for the game and other things as well if you're just a fan of basketball and you turned on a king's game last year you could be a lakers fan you could be a grizzlies fan a warriors fan if you turned on a king's game yeah you enjoyed watching them play yeah you know it's just they were that team last year it it was a fun style right the off ball movement the shooting the explosiveness the pace i think it's everything that makes basketball special you know, we, we, we've seen that over the years with the Warriors, but the Kings offense was so fun to watch last year. And if you're Sasha, who is over there playing in the EuroLeague, and you're playing a system where there's movement and there's off-ball movement, mm-hmm. high IQ, ball movement, shooting, you 
no doubt watched the Kings and go, I could fit into this. And I, I think he's going to be a great fit. I really do. And I thought Monty had some interesting points. He's talking about his, you know, offensive IQ, but he says, but defensively his IQ. And that's a point, you know, we've talked about on the podcast because I think Sasha gets knocked a bit. People questioning whether or not he's athletic enough mm-hmm. for the next level. The Euro league is not as athletic as the NBA. We know this, we acknowledge it, but I do think with Sasha and defense in general, you have to understand defense. You have to understand where guys are, the movement, communication. You have to have high defensive IQ. And I think just him having that ability is going to help him at the next level. Is he going to be an all-defensive guy in the NBA? No. But if he's in the right spots, if he's communicating, to me, that, that that's like a really important part of being at least a solid defensive team you, is having those things. You can have your flaws physically yeah. or with your athleticism um, and get away with at times in certain situations, I'm not going to act like this go, th- but this goes for everything. And if you are a smart defender, a good team defender, and you are on a team that has a good solid team defense yeah. in place, philosophy in place, then yeah, it's going to be easier to plug in those type of players. Of course you want every player on your team to be one of the best individual defenders sure. that there are out there in this league, but you're not it's it's hard to find. It's hard to find all those two-way guys and um I think if you go to the next step and have one of those high IQ defenders, you're on the right track because that is what Monty McNair keeps collecting. Uh, with this roster yeah team guys good guys it was cool too to see some of his teammates out there De'Aaron Fox was there Keegan Murray yeah Mike Brown assistant coach Luke Lox was out there Alvin Gentry so he had some people just watching the press conference which is pretty cool and you know Sasha acknowledged that as well what expectations do you have for Sasha in year one I think my expectations are he's going to just fit in right away I think as someone who has the experience playing as much professional ball as he has he may be an NBA rookie, but to me, like I, I just I think with this team, with the skill level of this team, the basketball IQ, a guy like him just it, it's easy fit. Like, yeah, plug and play. He can shoot. He's smart. He's older. He passes. Too. He's twenty eight years old. Yeah, he's been around. Like I I feel like he can be impactful from day one. I think if he was if he was younger and we were talking about this, I'd be like, oh, I just really hope he's not passive. I yeah. hope he um, has the confidence he needs. He was. The Euroleague MVP. He's he's done it at such a high level for a very long time. I I think it's it's going and we've talked about this over and over. I think it's going to be an easy transition, not only because of his style of play, but I also believe because of what Mike Brown has built with this team, uh, the foundation he has built with this team. He's made it easy. You. <laughs> you listen to me and you do what I say when it comes to, you know, like our strategy, our philosophy. Um, and if you show something else, you might be given more freedom, right? De'Aaron Fox, Domas Sabonis, they are given uh, much more freedom. And there's a few of these other guys with sometimes those shorter leashes that it's like, yo, if that ball isn't moving, if you're not moving, you're not going to play. And the Kings keep building this roster to have more and more depth that I think Sasha is just going to get better and better at practice with this team and these guys just making each other better. 
I am curious what his role is going to be with this team, whether he's coming off the bench. Is there a chance he starts over Barnes? Is that a possibility? Or maybe is that something that could happen throughout the season? I don't know. I'm just very curious how that plays mm. because I think he's going to be playing a decent amount of minutes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know... It's funny you bring that up. Oh, I hate it being August and we're bringing up, what's the starting Morgan? lineup going to be? It's August 31st as we record this, but tomorrow's September. Oh, great point. It's September. It's That's a great point. And then point. you wake up the next day, all of a sudden it's October. And then the season's here. And then it's yeah. November. And then December. Just like <laughs> it's that. Crazy yeah, it's crazy how this insane. works. It's insane. <gasps> so stupid. Yeah, no, I'm just... I th- he he said all the right things like hey I'm gonna be fine with whatever role I have I look to improve blah 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 uh, the other thing that was brought up too was just the adjustment to being in a new spot like that's you're not just moving from like Orlando to Sacramento <laughs> <laughs> although that's kind of an adjustment too right yeah that yeah. would be come on now. um and he he was just noting that he feels at home already. He says, I feel I like at home, cool. even though I'm here just a couple of days, I feel like I have a new family and that helps me a lot. I thought that was uh, really cool. And I, I, I think again, the Kings organization, the people within the organization have done a good job of making him feel that, you know, I was talking to someone while I was there too. And they were saying how, how like there's, there's media members here that are just like, you know, more open and collaborative and like, um, well let me in and just like really, it was really positive. And it's funny. You're all trying to get better. And especially on a team, like you want to be the starter, you want more playing time, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you can accomplish so much more as a team. And I think what she was saying, even in that situation, just everyone always making her feel like, comfortable in those situations and i think with him it's you have people all fighting for these starting spots and more playing time and being the best out there but you're a team and i think that collaborative energy and that effort there with this organization and what it's because mike brown has brought that into his culture and into this team it's just you call it collaborative too it's smooth competitiveness can bring out the best in people absolutely it shows their true colors like you're gonna bring it in camp you're going to earn that time. Yep. You know, it may make others step their game up when you add some new pieces to Absolutely. the fold, right? All of a sudden you're like, well, if I want playing time, I got to make sure if I want to close games, I have to do these things to do that. Yeah. So I'm excited for Sasha. And I just think if he ends up being impactful for this team, like I think he can. Yeah. Monty made a hell of a trade. I mean, yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but this was like a trade a couple of drafts ago that flew under the damn radar. Uh-huh. It's one of those moves that, like, if you're an opposing your GM, you're like, yeah, sure. Where Take he traded it. a second round right for right or second round pick for the rights to Sasha. Mm-hmm. A couple two years ago, two drafts Imagine ago, whatever. Imagine getting that call on draft day. You're like, oh, hey, Kings are calling me. The Cavs are. Like, oh, let me take this. Yeah, what's up, money? Oh, you. You, you want the rights to the... Hold on. Who's this guy? Yeah, you can have him. Just yeah, give us a pick for today. You're busy. You're thinking bigger things. Remember, you're not worried about the rights of some guy that might not come over? And here, and remember when it was just like uh, us seeing that tweet, that Woj tweet, oh, that we were Shams like, yeah. tweet? I mean, well, who knows if he's coming over. Like, I mean, whatever. We, we downplayed that so much. We totally... And, but so does every... So yeah, do yeah. a lot of people, especially if you're not watching a whole bunch of EuroLeague, right? It was like, we, we didn't really understand... Um, what he was capable of doing then. But 
Monty McNair and his scouts Dude. and everyone else knew what he was capable of doing and maybe what he could turn into. And then you get him on a good deal, which was impressive. You get him on a really team-friendly deal. And if he can help you this year, it could take this team to another level. Hell and yeah. so it's a, I think it's um it's it's exciting. I'm I'm excited to see Sasha play. I, I was I was waiting for you to ask a question. Um, and I, but at the presser and I just, I thought maybe it was going to be like, Hey, like, would you like us? Would you not us? Would you like the fans to start the chant for you during games? Would that make you feel more yeah, at home? Yeah, no, I, what do you think he would have said? N- no, I, I would never have asked that question. One, yeah, as you know, um, I don't know why I didn't ask a question today. I was really, I, I, I feel like it. I was just joking. I didn't think I, was, I, was I didn't chilling. care that I was chilling. No. I was feeling the vibes of the room, you know? Oh, I was just, I was chilling i was just um i was more thinking of the chant and i really hope it catches on it's so it's not going to catch on you really don't no, think i mean maybe sasha, under- sasha, <laughs> sasha, 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 sasha 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 bezzy 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 hey, look i would love for it to catch on and maybe i maybe i'm down our audience a little bit but the power of our audience i don't know just a little bit you guys are watching this Cowards. or listening. Oh, do it. Deuce, Deuce's way of trying to get people to do the chant my way. Encouragement. Any other things jump out to you from the Sasha press conference? Nope. Everything I wanted it to be. Things just going smoothly. Him holding up the jersey. It just it all felt great. I loved it. Was happy with it. Giving up number seven, huh? You think Metsu is offended by that? No, I don't <laughs> think he's offended. That. We're taking a quick moment. One quick moment. To say we're really excited about the upcoming season. So excited. We're going to be live after every game again for Night Chats. Duh. But we have some exciting new perks for you, our listeners and viewers of the Deuce and Mo podcast. We have some new ways for you to support us. We think, one, all you guys who watch us. Thank you. Hit the thumbs up, subscribe, drop us ratings. That's awesome. We're also doing some new things. We got a Patreon. We got a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash deuce and mo, we got a couple of ways you could support the show and you get some perks with it. So go to patreon.com slash deuce and mo for the details of that. You could do the same thing on our YouTube page. You could join and become a member and we're offering some new perks. We're talking some merch discounts and we're Mm-mm-mm. dropping new merch this season. We're talking about some exclusive Q&A access for members every month throughout the year. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. And if you feel like, hey, I want to throw these dummies a couple of bucks here. They they produce some good content. You don't have to. There's no pressure. No, you're all deuce bags and morons no matter what. A no pressure invite to go to patreon.com slash deuce and mo. For those who are listening or watching this and going... (laughs) You guys are really... Oh, that's, <laughs> that's fine. You can just hit the thumbs up and yeah. subscribe instead. Support. We appreciate you guys. The Kings could be adding another new face. JaVale oh. McGee was oh. waived the other day by the Dallas Mavericks, and Chris Haynes reporting that the Kings are interested in the veteran... We've got some breaking news at this hour. Oh! I'm interrupting that Deuce Mason. Yes. Because this present Deuce Mason's Good. here. And this present Morgan Reagan is here. Real. So it's me. we just found out right after we got done recording this whole podcast that JaVale McGee is officially signed with the Sacramento Kings. JaVale McGee has been all over the league. Top of my head. 
Washington, Denver. Do you want me to look it up? A couple of stints in Denver. You had Washington in there. Who he played for. You got Cleveland, um, Atlanta. Oh, my God, Deuce. Uh, Phoenix. Dun, 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 dun. Golden State. Uh-huh. Okay. I think I named all of them. So. Did you say the Wizards? I, I, I think, yes, I did, of course. Did I, you say the Nuggets? I, I did. Thanks for listening. Did you say the Sixers? I did not say the Sixers. Ooh. That was one. Okay, I, I would have gotten there, but I, I did not say the Sixers. I, <laughs> I did, go up. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, you said the Warriors. Yep. You said the Mavs. Yep. You said the Lakers. Yeah. Did you say the Cavs? Yep. Um, Nuggets. Did I say Suns. Hawks? You don't need to say Hawks. Oh, damn it. Ah, you're just throwing shit, seeing what's going to stick. Knock hey, you it know off. what? Sometimes the basketball mind gets jumbled. It's not, mm. it's not even training camp yet. It's off-season mode. You can't hate on me for that. Anyway, let's talk about JaVale McGee for a second. So Mike Brown, of course, knows him from his days with the Warriors. JaVale McGee, 35 years old. He played 42 games with the Dallas Mavericks last year. What's interesting is last off-season, he signed a three-year deal with the Mavericks. They like oh, brought him yeah. in to be the starter. He started the season with them, but then fell the rotation. They just waived him. They they did the stretch provision. So it, that's a little surprising to, to stretch yeah. provision him this early in the deal. But whatever, they Jason Kidd could not find a way to like fit him in the right way or just didn't work there with JaVale McGee in Dallas. I, I it's funny, I do remember him playing really well. Against the Kings. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was that game. It was the night before Luca and Kyrie played their first game together. Oh. The Kings lost to the Dallas Mavericks in Sacramento uh-huh. with Luca not playing. And JaVel McGee like came off the bench. You're like, how where did this guy? He's even been playing. He had eleven points, nine rebounds, three assists. And he did in like 18 minutes. Wait, do you have that written down? I wrote it down earlier. Okay. I was I like, wait, that. I do not see this right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, thank God. One of his best games. 11 like, points, nine rebounds, two assists in 18 minutes. That happened in February. Um, So if he ends up coming to Sacramento, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how what, what type of deal he gets. I imagine he'd want a guaranteed deal. And if that's the case, that means you got some bonus, of course, on that long-term deal. You signed Alex Len to a one-year deal mm-hmm. worth about $3 million, And you brought in Namias Kate on a non-guaranteed deal. Same with Nerland's Noel. Mm-hmm. Scott Labissier back in the building, too. Training camp, yep. I get that. But um, So if they do bring JaVel McGee on a guaranteed deal, well, he's probably going to make the team. Yeah. So... That's obviously going to impact others, and yeah. maybe that's someone like Nerlens Noel not making the team now. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. As far as his fit, I have zero problem with it. Like this is again a team that is searching at the backup five, as we saw last year. I think we saw solutions. I think Trey Lyles to me has to be a guy that you look to play a lot of small ball five. Agreed. But depending on the matchup, you're going to need that's more it. size, and so. If Nerlens Noel is ha- healthy, he's moving well, he's looking good, maybe he gets a shot. If JaVel McGee can come in, be that rim runner, be that lob threat in the pick and roll with like Malik Monk, you yeah. can see it working well, be a rim protector, maybe he gets that opportunity. I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with him bringing on a guy with some veteran experience who's been around good teams, he's been all over the league, he knows Mike Brown. If the Kings sign him, I see what they're thinking. I'm not even mad that the Kings are searching for the right backup center to have, yeah. right? Because we saw during the offseason or whenever it was, and there was other centers out there that were available, 
And everyone's like, why aren't the Kings getting him? Why are the Kings getting him? And it's like, why does he want to play behind yeah. Domas Sabonis too, right? Like it, it takes two to tango when they have the choice, right? You know the name that still sticks out to me? Who? That's still out there is Christian Wood. Oh, I mean, he's still out there? <laughs> I'm like... Dude, I mean that's that's telling though, right? Oh, it definitely is telling. And it's telling. I mean, you've heard, we've all heard different things about him, and then we've seen the flashes with him, and you're like, it's there, but it's just like, it's just not all yeah. there. Whether it's a locker room, whether it's um, defensively, whatever it is, it's just not all there. And I know people still get excited about him and that name, and I get it. Like he's ta a talented player, so talented. But um, going back to Javale McGee, you go okay. 35 years old, they're searching, they're looking for something. This is a guy that got shit on for so many years for being on Shacked and a Fool, making obviously so many mistakes, very clumsy <laughs> on the floor at times. And I, I, I remember him at one point not really liking it, feeling disrespected as a basketball yeah. player, like not being taken seriously as an NBA player. And he's in the NBA and he's bounced around because he's good enough to be in the NBA and everyone just kind of give him a try for whether they like his size or his personality or whatever it may be. So the Kings trying this out now at 35 years old, I have no problem with it, especially as they keep searching. I think the point you made too about finding the, the person who wants to be in that role, I kept pushing Plumlee. And then once yes. Plumlee signed, I'm sitting here, why wouldn't Plumlee come here? I'm like, well, maybe Plumlee doesn't want to play 12 to 15 minutes a night Duh. behind Sabonis and maybe some nights not playing when he could split time with the Clippers and still play. Like mm -hmm. he thinks he's, he's good enough to keep playing and he is. So why would he do that? So it kind of, it does change your options a little bit. You have to be creative. It's finding a guy like, all right, Nerland's Noel, if he's healthy, you could see it fitting. Namias Kato, God, it'd be a great story if he could grab that job. He's yeah. been in our system. JaVel McGee, well, he's been around the block. He's been on good teams, veteran. He's gonna be cool. He's gonna be cool with this role. And so you have to find guys who are buying into this opportunity, buying into the system, sure, but also understanding that you know what? Like, see the Sabonis? He was third team all NBA last year. He's an all-star. He's playing the majority of the minutes, and you may not play some nights. Yeah. And also that it goes a lot to like, look, this is how the team wants to run things, especially when they have Sabonis on the floor. It's not going to be the same when they have the backup on the floor. Maybe maybe a little bit more with Alex Len. Like, we know he is a, a competent passer and um, can do other things with his big body size. And, I don't know, he can see the floor, whatever. But I think with some of these other guys, it's like, are you looking at them as more of a lob threat? Are they, you know, starting at the high post? Are you running something out like a back screen on them so then... Um, you're finding a way to get them scoring there. Are you giving them more of the role of like, you're just, you're in there to rebound or you're in there to stop Rudy Gobert. Or you're in there because you're playing SGA and deal he's, with size. Yeah, protection. Like, yeah. Like maybe that's just like, like how Mike Brown is going to go about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm excited to see, I'm curious to see how that goes. And I think, out of all things, it's okay to still have this flaw going into the season. Uh, and maybe it's something that ends up being better than we even thought. 
another thing that we learned this week, uh, Mike Brown was at the Sac Republic game, hanging out, having a good time. Sean Cunningham, of course, you know, Mike Brown's just chilling, watching the game, and Sean comes up with a mic and sticks it in his face. Yeah, Sean, what did... You guys should watch Such the game. a dick. Hey, can I... Uh, can you oh, talk, talk about the kids? Can you do more work, and can I get an interview all the time? <laughs> I'm just Jesus, kidding. Sean, put the mic down. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but Sean was asking him about the offseason. Mike Brown had this to say... I'm looking forward to seeing how we can handle the pressure. It's flipped now. We're no longer hunted people. People are hunting us. And their expectations. So how do we handle that? I believe our guys are ready for it. And with the fans that we have here and the juice they brought last year, let's go. Let's get it. I feel like you were trying to channel your inner Mike Brown when you were actually I, saying that. Look, I'm just trying to spice it up a little. You want me to say, here's what Mike Brown had to say. No, no, I'm no. looking forward to I was just trying to like, you know, no, add no. a little more flair to it. You're, you're good. Um, um, I like it. Didn't didn't he or someone say at one point last season something about being the hunted now? Yeah. And then everyone's like, I didn't know about that yet. And like people were just getting super weird about it, like it was too soon when really he he's like, no, I... <laughs> cuties i yeah, know what i'm I mean, doing i think the point is you're not going to be surprised by this team anymore i think people no. around the league know like oh this this game against sacramento is going to be tough i was talking to you on the way to the press conference today though i mean if you just look up and down the west i just i, I think i said this at one point last year too about the nba season but like who, who are the, just the awful teams there used to be like way more awful teams in the nba yeah and i just think with the talent level in the league you don't have that as much anymore. Like, I look at the West, and I could tell you today, I I, I oh, believe San geez. Antonio, who had the worst record in the West last year, mm-hmm. is going to be one of the worst teams in the West still, even with Victor. And I think they're going to have some exciting moments. I think they're going to be entertaining. Victor's going to have some fun nights. It's going to be exciting, all that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm going, who else is going to be awful? Portland has a chance to be bad, especially if the Dame thing ends up okay. happening and, like, you know, it's a young team. They have talent, but it's a young team. Sure. Okay, who else? Like, yeah. Utah, like he, even, Dallas he, so is still good. Throw like, Houston at me, and this is what we were talking about in the car, and we're like, even with Ime Adoka and what he did with the Celtics so quickly, obviously different pieces with that squad, but now you have some adults in that locker room. Yes. You got Dylan Brooks, okay, if you don't want to put him in the adult category, whatever. Then you got Fred Van Vliet, but... On top of that, you've Jalen Green, who has another year under his belt with some more maturity. Jabari Smith showing flashes yes. in summer league, right? Uh, Shen Goon, who's interesting. No, I look at that squad and I go, like, even if you're not a Dylan Brooks fan, there's no doubt that Dylan Brooks can bring out some sort of competitive spirit and give what Udoka wants out there. Yeah. And hopefully the young guys buy in. My point to that, Houston's going to be better this year, I think. So anyway, you look at the rest of the teams that were like playoff teams last year. Okay, so maybe two really bad teams in the West? Yeah. If you want to say that? Yeah. And I know there's going to be always one team that maybe surprises us that's better than we think or one that's supposed to be good and drops off, whatever. But even going in the East, I'm going, all right, who are the awful teams? Washington's going to be weird, right, with their transition with Kuzma and Poole. Mm -hmm. Detroit... Can they look better with Monty Williams, Duran? I tried good selling Deuce on Detroit a little I mean, bit. Like, I'm like, oh, they're not like if you just look at their roster, it's not as bad as it looked. But like, yeah. how does it come together this season? We'll see. But if you told me they're not going to be the worst team in the East like they were last year, I would buy that. Okay. Uh-huh. Fair. Charlotte, I think, is going to be bad this year, even with 
guys coming back. I'm I'm not buying into them. I think that's a bad situation. Okay, so Washington, Charlotte. Uh, Toronto's weird. They they've had some losses too, so maybe they dip. My point is this long point I made with name dropping all these teams was yeah. there's not a shit ton of just awful teams. No, you're Every right. night's yeah. going to be tough in the NBA. But the Kings aren't sneaking up on anybody anymore. And I get that. But I, I just think every game is tough. You look at the schedule and go, yeah, I don't. Who's got the edge? And I the West I, is all j- you know, jam-packed again. I love that vibe. One. Two. It's, it is so interesting that right when the Kings seem to like take a leap with their organization, that their everyone's team, good. Like yeah. everyone's good. What, what are we doing? Like, why can't there be a few shitty teams that the Kings can? Like, even when you talk... Orlando, you know, you're talking about another team that showed some excitement last yep. year. Bancaro in year two, Wagner's right. good. They got some nice pieces. Right. So yep. yeah, I'm oh my god. Can it be October? But I think Brown's point about the pressure, yes. I think one there is more pressure, no doubt. Right? Yes. Like Yes. I think every Kings fan expects this team to make the playoffs. Not like, oh, I want them Don't to, and you? I think they could. Yes, I agree. So I agree, too. Yeah, and that, again, expectations. They and I'm sure they, they have the same expectations, too. But I don't think that was an expectation last year. If you no. ask most of fan base, they weren't saying, they have to be in this year. Like, you'd really want it. And God, it would be nice to finally end the streak. And they did that. Yeah. But now there's expectations. Mm-hmm. And there's expectations. Like, all right, how do you take that next step? How do you get out of the first round? That's, how do you contend for a championship? That's so, it. You know, th- there is more pressure that comes with that now. It's, if you start on four this year, I think it's going to feel 20 billion times worse than last year. Starting yeah. on four. So, and I don't think they're going to. But, but, but point- by the way, like to me, I, I look at that different. I look at it at the start of a season sometimes still so differently. Like give me 15 games and then I'll make that judgment call if like that 0 and 4 was poorly played where you know what was it because of the starting lineup is that where you need to make changes whatever but yeah i think i think with the kings this season it's the expectations of even like De'Aaron fox it's like everyone wants to see him be clutch again yeah be be top tier clutch again and it's it's tough it's tough to do that year after year after year and there's going to be certain individuals that because they're again they're human and this just happens all around the league whether you like it or not even if they put in the work or not there's sometimes a dip there's sometimes an injury there's sometimes just things you cannot control with some of these people and um and yeah not all expectations are going to be met but um at the same time i love that feeling of covering a team and having more of a i I know we have a lot of time before we get to camp still and before we even play games and we're going to take a deeper dive in the season i just they're a better team on paper they look better on paper love easy them on look paper easily look better on paper love i know it. that doesn't paper what's it worth but yeah i think they look better on paper mike mm-hmm. brown says i'm excited for sasha i'm excited for chris duarte i'm excited about our young guys it's good to have the new guys but i'm more excited about having our guys to be able to run it back and give them the opportunity to grow as a nucleus than anything else i vibe with that so much so much i i i've said this to you year after year with shitty kings basketball and even when they didn't have the right pieces it was like hey can they find a way to build something together but they never had the right coach and coaching staff in place they never had the right 
individuals where someone was going to take over and be that leader. There just wasn't that. And finally they have that. And that's why I think running it back, that's not sexy to a lot of people around the NBA, covering the NBA fans, whatever. But what's so sexy about it is that they can truly build off of something really good that they did last season. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How about the love Jordy Fernandez getting right now? He is coaching... Love that for the Canadian the Canadian national team right now. And ESPN wrote had an article about him. I think Winhorse did it. The headline was Canada's Jordy Fernandez's emergence as a, a uh, top NBA head coaching candidate. So he's getting that love. Uh he the piece says he interviewed for vacancies with the Raptors and the Bucks this year and was a finalist for the Suns job, but the role Fernandez ended up getting was unexpected and intriguing. He was hired to coach the Canadian national team in late June, just weeks before the team assembled to play in the 2023 FIBA World Cup. Goes on to say his reputation for relationship building and a support system. He's been a trusted assistant to Mike Brown and Michael Malone. Uh, Malone said that, excuse me, the article says that that has gotten the attention of teams looking for head coaches. Malone says... He's going to be a head coach in the NBA. He's a people person who knows the game and has a great ability to communicate as well as build relationships with players. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been so kind to people like us even I throughout that, his time. I read that but. as smoothly as like the Kings last season with like Luke Walton and Gentry. That's how smooth that was. I actually wasn't that bad. Okay. Like you, I felt like you're I was overthinking that first sentence that you did. No, trust me. There's times when you're reading shit and I'm like, can you please read it over? Like, ew. And, and out of all times that you're going to call it out, it's going to be one of the better okay. times. No, it wasn't Come great. on. <laughs> We've seen worse. Just space that out a little better. Um, anyway, Malone says he's going to be head coach. He is. I, I, 
we said this during the offseason. I think you just have to be prepared for the fact that this is probably going to be Jordy's last year with the Kings. I thought he was maybe going to get a job this past offseason when Toronto's job was open. He didn't end up getting it. But it seems like not only the love he's getting throughout the league, but what he's doing in Sacramento and now with the Canadian yeah. national team, a team's going to hire him. He's just smooth. He's smooth. He's smart. He's relatable. He's He's got a little fire in him. Yeah. No, I, I, I just I dig his approach, and I'm I'm happy that he's going to get that chance, but also like bummed if he leaves. Sacramento. But but at least at least it's it's one of those things like it's not going to happen like that. And yeah, next June after the Kings, th- that's fine. I like it, <laughs> Thank you. and that's fine. And it's it's about being happy for the person getting another big opportunity, and and not on top of all these things. Mike Brown already knows this, so. Who is he trying to help, I guess, um, uh, promote? Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Yeah. Who is he trying to help promote or make Groom. Sure? Groom. Thank you. I'm yeah. like trying. Well, I didn't want to say groom because I feel like groom is a very. Grooming? You, don't, you can't drop groom. <laughs> no, in a, like it's Easter. like. Is he, is he gro- yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah don't is say that. Is grooming on the band Can wars we do list a di- Yeah. Band wars for sure. Don't use groom. He's trying to, that's why I was like, promote, help. Develop. Develop. That's a good one. He's putting someone like Luke Lux into there some we go. development, and, giving him some developmental opportunities. And huh? that's where I'm going with it. And I like it because it takes pressure off. Like, you don't have to learn this right away because yeah. Jordy's still there. But you're going to be developing into that same position, I'm assuming. I'm just assuming that. But either way, I like that they get time to work with it. So they know when they do lose Jordy, especially because of what he's been able to do with the... I mean, he he mostly... he He's talking a lot, especially defensively, right? Yes. And I think it's important that they have another voice helping with that and developing into that. So even when this team loses Jordy, they're not like, oh, we're lost without him. But Jordy's role with this staff, too, is like he's working with a lot of the assistant coaches. You For know, sure. A ton. Ugh. He's like developing them, too. So it's not just Mike Brown. Jordy plays yeah. a huge role with this staff. Um, and also, look, if Jordy ends up getting a job next summer, it's going to be it, he's not going to get a job if the Kings were like 20 and 62, right? Like he's getting these looks because he's a good coach on a successful team. Yeah. And if the Kings are doing well, that's if he gets a job, the Kings are doing well. Yeah. That's a good thing. Oh, all good things there. All right, we need to go around the NBA a little bit, Morgan Reagan. ESPN has their predictions. They did their like panel of experts with their predictions, and I want to get your reaction to some of their uh, award predictions oh, for the season. I love... <laughs> Wait, what? They're, yeah, they're predictions. Wait, we do award predictions in August? Yeah, well, you need content this, this time of year. This is so, so ESPN, irresponsible. So they did MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved, and... They even made Coach of the Year predictions. This is just, I don't know why Coach of the Year is a weird one for me. It's like, really? That's the weird one for you? Okay. So Come on. You want to start with MVP? Sure. Uh, they're top five. They go, Jokic is the front runner for them to win MVP. Number two is Giannis. Number three is Luka. Number four is Tatum. And number five is the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. Question, question, Yes, Morgan. yes, Morgan. I, I do not mean to shit on Luka, why is Luca at number three when you eat again? Because this is also a team sport. And I know that's an individual award, but at the same time, if you think about it, you're usually more valuable when you're utilizing your entire team. 
what's around Luca that he's going to yeah. Kyrie's there. We get that. Will Kyrie even be on this roster by the end of the season? We don't know. But my whole point to that is like, w- that's just like they're they see his name and they just shove him there. And because and obviously he's uber talented and can do so much. But you shouldn't even. I, yeah, Luca to me. I mean, I think oh, I was having a conversation oh. with someone about this because I was making a case to someone I know who works in the league that. Dallas should not have had a Christmas Day game. Ooh. And the pushback is like, yeah, but Luca and Kyrie. I'm like, yeah, Luca and Kyrie did not make the playoffs last year. They didn't make the play-in last year. My point to that is this. Such it's hard thinking. to put like Luca as a top five MVP candidate. His team didn't even make the playoffs. And it's not like I don't look at them and go, oh, they got drastically better this offseason. I think they will be better than they were last year. Agreed. If Luca was to win the MVP, it's going to be because they win like 55 games and they're like the number one seed. Okay. Like, that's it. That's it. Like, yeah. other than that, I just don't, I, I'm not seeing a path with the, the roster around him. It's not, like you said, it's no disrespect it's to him. It's no disrespect. I, I also just think it is funny, like, how fast people sour on MVPs. Like, everyone had fatigue with Jokic, okay? You could make a case Jokic should have been the MVP again last uh-huh. year, but they didn't want to vote him three times in a row. Yeah. Okay. Embiid finally wins it, has a bad playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. By his standards. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, uh, he's like fifth. He's Wait, he went from being bottom. like the MVP last year to now uh, he's like a top five guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, funny to me how oh, quickly the narrative changes. By the way, so no Kings were mentioned in the top 10. That's fine. Whatever. I, yeah. that doesn't, I mean, it's like, Look, they have Luca at the top three. Like, what is yeah. this? If there was a Kings player to get MVP love, would it be De'Aaron Fox? If like the Kings, if you had to pick yeah. one, probably. Yeah. Because I don't even think I I I don't think Domas gets the love that he even deserves. Sometimes as a bit again, this was one season, and then a lot of people were just going off of what they saw in the playoffs, and they're like, I mean, if he can't shoot the basketball or defend, then like, how is he even a good player? And it's like, well, did you watch the whole the the whole season oh and he was like the rebounding champ like oh and he helped create a whole new well, culture with this squad again to I'm, me it's fox simply because i agree I, you have to score more that's Sabonis fine. doesn't score enough to be and that's fine MVP. too that's fine too uh rookie of the year uh okay you have a prediction who they picked for rookie of the year this year mm, no i don't we had an interesting draft this is a, a game that Morgan pitched, by the way, that we may debut at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. And because she never remembers anything. I have so the worst memory. I was, we were like, oh, do, do we have a game called, you know, does she remember? Yeah. And I give hints until she, oh, does. I think I remember. Mo, remember. Or like, maybe she doesn't. All re- You guys will be talking about a game and I won't remember like yeah, Malik Monk dropping 40. So rookie of the year. You don't have any predictions as to what you remember this draft. Uh, who I, got drafted number one? Please, I know by this, the Spurs. but please don't tell me. You know, it's so funny when you said, do you have any predictions? Asar Thompson came to my head and I'm like, yeah. well, I guess. He was not in their top five. He was actually six in their um, predictions. Okay. So Wemby won. No. Thank God. Because no. And I just say that because I'm like, that's so obvious. Okay. That, okay. But who's number one? It's funny. Okay. I'm just going to go over the okay. list. Uh, the top five. Number one. Chet Holmgren, who's considered a rookie this oh. year. He did not play, of course, last year with okay. OKC. Uh, number two, Victor Wembenyama. Number three, Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Number four, 
Amen Thompson. Okay. And number oh. five, Brandon Miller. It's interesting Brandon that... Brandon Miller? Yeah. Is that five? Uh, and Brandon wasn't very good in the summer league. He was not. Victor being number two, I, I'm, surpri- I'm honestly surprised they didn't put him number one. And I'm not saying he should be. I'm just surprised they didn't because of the hype surrounding him. Fair. And was that just because he had two summer league games and one of them was kind of so-so at uh-huh. first? And that's why his They're thought- like, hey, I, I think for these August predictions... We got to put them a little lower now. Dude, and, OKC yeah. is going to be a problem this year. Yeah, they are. And they're going to be, a f- I, th- I, as a basketball fan, I think they're going to be a fun problem to be watching um, with some of their guys. But, uh, but yeah, I'm fine with that list. Sure. It's, who cares? Okay. <laughs> no, when right, I say, I'll, I'll when stop. I, no, no, no. When I say who cares, when I say who, ca- I'm, ew. That was such a baby move to do. I have no, I have nothing more to add. So who cares? No, I I it's sometimes just so ridiculous to me. But the only thing that they made interesting was putting Chet one. A uh, six man of the year uh-huh. predictions. Man, I was very surprised by who they put number one. Okay, they're a panel of experts. Ooh. Very honestly, I if I came, up, I don't even think he'd be on my list as six man of the year. Chris Paul, number one, as the favorite to win six man of the year. I'm like, do we know he's is he coming off the bench for sure? Do we know for sure? I feel like that's shade thrown too. It's like, didn't he already get asked like about coming off the bench? And he's like, Are you the coach, Kendra? And then the other thing too with him is like he's also never done it. Um, he also misses a lot of games. So like there's just so many it's just very surprising that their their panel experts are like, Yeah, let's pencil him as Sixth man of the year this okay. year. Number two, Austin Reeves with the Lakers. I, mean, I don't know. Can you get in the starting lineup? This guy's good. Uh, I love Austin Reeves. Okay. Number three, Russell Westbrook, who fit in great with the Clippers last year. Fair. Uh, number four, Tyler Hero, who has won it before a couple of years back. And tied for fifth, Emmanuel Quickly of the Knicks and nice. Malik Monk. Cool. Last three years, the winners have been Brogdon, Tyler Hero, and Jordan Clarkson. Um... Yeah, I think Malik could have a shot to be in the mix for it. I thought he got off to, like, the, remember Brown was pushing him hard early in the season. That was cute. Like, a little too early for my liking. I'm like, coach, it's November 7th. Like, what are we it. doing? Um, but, yeah, I think for him, it's just consistency. It's it's, And I, I think nowadays, it seems like the previous, the new trend for six-man has been like they have to push like 20 points a game almost. So maybe that's why Malik is not going to be a front runner because I that he's just not going to have that opportunity, I don't think. Yeah. If if he doesn't have that opportunity, I completely understand that. And it's like who cares anyway if they're winning, but I I get I am also curious too because we were talking about that when talking about the Sasha Vizenkov uh presser. It was like what's that second unit going to look like, right? Like how is Mike Brown staggering? Is it, is assuming Harrison Barnes is starting and then you, you know, let's say, or let's just say he's not staggering the rotation right away, even though he will, but I'm just going to go with this. Davion Malik, um, Sasha, Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles, like wherever else you go with that situation. Right. It's, it will be interesting to see how Malik either creates 
for his teammates, especially with someone like Davion, who has talked about working on his shooting, and then having someone like Sasha Vizenkov who can shoot the shit out of the ball, right? Um, you know, maybe he's one of those guys that is like truly making so many other people better. But then when they're not being aggressive scores or outside shots aren't hitting, he's the one he that's chaotically yeah, yeah he taking can create it his in. own shot. He can get someone else a shot. The pick and roll is nice. We know he can get hot. Um, I, yeah, I just don't know that he would score enough to to be in the running. Um, especially that's the other thing too with Chris six man of the year. I just, I have this thing and I'd have to go back through history. So it's probably unfair. I even bring it up, but mm -hmm. if you're at like 30 minutes a game, you mm -hmm. shouldn't qualify to be six man of the year. Cause you're, 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 you're kind of a starter. You're, just, you're playing starter minutes to me. Six man of the year should be like, you're a bench player and you're super productive. 25 minutes a game, but that 25 is, to 28. That's if you're technically 30, what it is. 30 minutes a night. I know you're playing. The majority of the game. Because you're that good of a bench player. Um, Whatever. Most improved player. Another award Ugh. that I just don't know how I feel about it. Uh, th this is their list. Number one, Cade Cunningham. Number two, Jabari Smith. Number three, Evan Mobley going into year three. Number four, Jalen Green. Uh, and Josh Giddy tied at four. And then Anthony, Anthony Simons of the Blazers. Yeah. Well, Anthony Simons already has taken somewhat of a leap anyway it's a weird list yeah um, I, most improved i think there too often it goes to the young guy taking a jump in year two and it's like yeah i mean that kind of happens sure i like the story of the guy who has been kind of around the league and they just isaiah thomas is a story like that kind of vibe. isaiah thomas yeah. is a great example when he went from phoenix to boston did he win the award i don't know I mean, he probably should have, yeah. right? Like he he took to me a jump as a player. Mm -hmm. Where some of these guys that improved, like yeah, they, they're in their second year. Mm. Okay, like yeah, okay. Isaiah Thomas never won Most Improved Player, and, and he should have won it. And that's I, I I can feel you on that, especially with like Cade Cunningham, who his first two years in the league hasn't even played a full NBA yeah. season, right? Like seventy something games. And bring back comeback player of the year. And Cade, yeah. Cade's probably going to be a prime candidate if he's healthy, right? Like we've seen the flashes from him. He stays healthy. He could win comeback player of the year. I like I it. like highlighting the guys too who have, I think the league should do that where highlight the guys who have gone through bad injuries have come back and really like shown that they could be out there again. Like Clay Thompson. Oh, right. Yeah. A no, Cade Cunningham. I, I, I feel you on that on on the criteria of what a um, what is it called? Not comeback player. It's a most improved most improved player. Um, yeah, because who was it? Was it John Morant that won it? That one didn't he win it? Like a my couple favorite thing Morgan does. Oh no! Like I'm supposed to know <laughs> off the top of my head every NBA most improved. Didn't he? Like I don't remember anything. We were just saying, and then you have to. We ask should have me. a drop for every time because I, I do this to Dude. you. Oh, I act like John you're Morant. Yes, won a couple of years ago. Do you want the last and five then years? And he ended up giving it to uh, his teammate that I can't think Desmond of. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Yeah. He ended up dropping it off at his house and being like, "You're really the most improved." And I mean. It was, yeah, fair. So the last five years, Siakam, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, John Morant, and Lowry Markinen of the Utah Jazz won it last year. Oh, I love any other questions I can ask you that you might just know off the top of the, your head. It's fine. I just have to be prepared for anything with you. Um, coach of the year. Ah. Number one, 
Mark Dagno of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number two, Eric Spolstra. Number three, Michael Malone. Number four, Taylor Jenkins. Number five, Jason Kidd. Uh, Mike Brown was not mentioned in that list. Once you win it, Can goodbye. We... Here's my take. Oh, what's your take on this? Can we normalize back-to-back winners and coach of the year? We, we just don't do it. Like, yeah. I, I know Pop won it at 1.2 of three years. Yeah. But, like... Never back-to-back. I'm not even trying... This is really funny. I'm like, I'm not trying to be a Mike Brown homer. As I wear, <laughs> I just realized I'm wearing a Mike Brown Coach of the Year Wait, shirt. Turn, turn the fucking jets on. Okay. That's hilarious. Right. So uh, let me act like, pretend like I'm not wearing this shirt for a <laughs> okay. second when I have this, okay? <laughs> Let's just say Mike, so the Kings won 48 games. Okay. What if, crazy, crazy, what if they won 60 games this year? Ooh. I know they're, I, I know they're not going to. Uh-huh. What if they won 60? We're like, yeah, but they they won 48 last year. Yeah, but they, they went number one season. They went 60 games. You can't win coach of the year again? No, it it always goes to, I feel like in recent years, the coaches who are just like, like Spolstra, come on. Like, he's one of the best coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. He should, if he, it doesn't matter if like, it shouldn't just be based on the jump you make. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that that's a cool story. Yeah. But I think it should be based on like, no, this guy's also just a great coach. Yeah. Like what what did you bring out of a certain player that maybe someone else couldn't? What did you bring out of a team that maybe another coach wasn't able to do over the years? Yeah. I mean, it's uh And you want to play a game real fast? Yeah. Oh. Let's play how many times has Eric Spolster won NBA coach of the year? I think I know this answer. Go ahead. Uh zero? Zero. I c- like, Zero. come on, come <laughs> on. Mean, like, he had, he had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Absolutely. I get it. But he also in those younger days had to somehow manage three superstars. One specifically wanting him out because that's what he did everywhere he goes. At one point. Yeah. At one point. And then they all love him now. No, I'm saying that like that's what LeBron James does everywhere he goes. Yeah. If he doesn't like, like I mean, it's it's I'm no knock on him. It's just facts. Popovich has won it three times, by the way. Mike Brown has won it, of course, twice. Mm-hmm. I'm just scrolling. Steve Kerr. It, it is kind of, like isn't it kind of funny that Steve Kerr, who has all these championships, mm-hmm. has won it once. The, the only hey, your team's won championships. You won it once, and it was when you your team we had to give it to you because your team won seventy three games. The Dwayne Casey one is so crazy. And then he got you fired. Win it, that fired by you got fired in the off season. <laughs> and then what's crazy is his replacement won Coach of the Year two years later. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Interesting yeah. when you so, look at the. It, it, I wish that wasn't ever in. I feel like sometimes that does, like you're saying, cloud people. I know these are predictions, yeah. but I think it does cloud judgment so much when it comes to the voting. Um, and again, I don't know how to make these things right. I never want to be a voter in my. I was oh, a, I was, I I was a vo- I was a voter for one thing, and it was intimidating. I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> Morgan was a voter this past year at summer league for. Summer League MVP in the all Summer League teams. Yep. And I hated every second of it. I was like, I I don't want to be the one making this decision for anyone. So please, like, please, no. Yeah, I never want to do that again, ever. Someone at Summer League, by the way, that I should have mentioned this earlier, Victor Wembenyama. I saw this today. Uh 
a signed rookie card of his sold for $67,333. It's a one-of-one Victor Wembenyama signed rookie card. It's the highest amount ever paid for a Wembenyama card. I'm like, well, yeah, duh. He hasn't uh, played an NBA. He signed his name and then under it said first ever. So like that's the first ever card Aww. he signed. And at first I'm like, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, that's actually a good gamble. It's a one of yeah. one. But like if he Well, you gotta have a lot of money. It's sixty seven thousand well, dollars. Oh, is that is that the case? He's like, I don't have a home, but I'm gonna put sixty seven thousand yeah. dollars on I this. mean, sixty seven thousand is that is you have I don't care money. And you're gambling, but if you hit, you're making a lot of money on that. 100%. It's a one of one signed, and it says first ever. That, uh, that like feeling gives me anxiety. Even if I had money, there's no way I'd do it. No. I would, I, I would be the type, if I had like, oh my God, money, like holy crap money. Like, like um, uh, 10 million or like a billionaire? Millions. Like so much money, I didn't have to care. Like I I'm feel like never ten million worried. would be like yeah, pretty close. I think if you could be smart with ten million. Yeah. But the things that I would buy, I would buy memorabilia. I would buy like, hey, this was LeBron's game worn jersey from when he won the finals, or this was so you know whatever. Tony Romo golf shoe. Malik Monk's band aid from that game. I don't. That'd think... be kind of cool to buy. Or if someone could just fake it. Again, I'd buy authenticated Got stuff, it. Morgan. There's oh. a process with this. It's not like they just go. I don't. I don't hey. trust anyone. I don't trust the world. No, I'm not buying that shit. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground for a late August, early September podcast. Yeah. Sasha's in sack. Yep. Mike Brown's talking about being hunted. Oh. Jordy could be leaving soon. Oh. You got this. All these ESPN predictions. And then a sixty-seven thousand dollar rookie card. What's up with that? Uh, appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to the audio version of this, we appreciate you too. Make sure you drop us a review a review on Spotify or on the Apple Podcast Store. We love you guys. We got the go. You all have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.